Frank's Red Hot is the perfect blend of flavor and heat. So you can use an entire bottle to make recipes like buffalo chicken dip or buffalo nachos. Or even things that don't start with buffalo. Frank's Red Hot. I put that on everything. Uh, Craig. It's late, so I, I, I want to move this along. So I'm singing for me. <laughs> we're not even we're not even gonna waste like thirty seconds on a song. No. <laughs> no. It is late. Yeah, we we uh kinda lost track of the day and now now here we are. Um, yeah. late at night doing this podcast. So if we sound uh appropriately tired, well that's why. Yeah, um, it was but, uh yeah. you know, as we were talking about before we started recording, like this this weekend for me is always so this year I got a five day weekend this year I got Wednesday off, then Thursday off Friday but it's like it, this weekend always between Thanksgiving and getting ready for Thanksgiving and Black Friday and the you know the fucking Apple Cup and just like everything it's like by the time I get through Sunday I'm like where did my weekend go and here we are. It's 1030 on Sunday night, and I'm still just like, um, this is finally when we found time to podcast. So, Yeah, and not, not that like we really have time for it, but... No, we don't. We're, we're making time. But we're making time for a podcast versus everyone. I'm Craig Powers. With me is uh, the fully booked Jeff Neusser. Yeah. Um, Jeff, uh, so there was a football game on Friday... I don't believe you. Um, but uh, one thing I and I, but I kind of wanted to start the podcast on a happier note um, before we because uh, you know the last podcast the preview of said football game was pretty down. Um, so I figured we'd start on a happier note. Yeah. And talk about the Coog soccer team. Hell yeah! The story of the year so far. Hell yeah! Um, advance. Uh, Going down to South Carolina, taking on number five ranked South Carolina, number number two seed in their bracket. The Cox. And uh, beating them in a thriller in overtime. Yeah. Uh, and going, advancing to the College Cup. Uh, that's the final four. Yeah. Um, which is something that a WSU team has never done in, in these expanded brackets, which is yeah. crazy and awesome. Um, what, a, what a run. They were, they were an unseeded team. Uh, no, it's not like in the NCAA where all the teams are seated. NCAA uh, basketball tournament where all the teams are seated, so only like the top sixteen teams are seated in this. So WSU was unseated. If you looked at the rankings, they were outside of the top twenty-five. Um, but so far, they have taken down uh, the number fifteen team, the number three team on the road, who was previously like the number one team all year until a late loss. But um, and then the the number five team on the road as well as well as West Virginia. So they've they've just an incredible run. Um these wins on the road coming on the road. Uh yeah, they they played the first game at home and then the next three wins have been in hostile territory. And it, it's uh, a neutral site for the third one, but still was it's much sorta. closer. Much I mean, closer. To West there were definitely West Virginia fans there. But yeah, um but yeah, no, that South Carolina to go in there um South Carolina is, uh, you know, uh, it's a, it's a, per, like a perennially strong program. Uh, they have been to a college cup as recently as 2017. Like I said, they were ranked number five. 
Um, and WSU went in and uh, they they really uh, they held the run of play. They they were they were in charge for much of the match. They had the better chances. Man, I I don't know about you, but I was getting worried uh, towards the end. That, like this is just going to be a really frustrating loss because yeah. they had they had uh, you know they had uh, South Carolina's goalie made a hell of a save on a header. They had a couple times where they had people just free in front of the goal and just uh, miss miss it um, in the first and second half. So yeah, man, I, I don't know about you, but I was I was pretty worried headed into headed into about 15 minutes left in the game. Oh yeah, I was panicking. Like I was like, I mean, we've seen this story, you know, so many times this year. This is a really, um, for, you know, for people who haven't like watched them or followed them, um, they are a really fun team. Like they, they have a ton of offensive firepower, um, you know, led by of course, Morgan Weaver, who is, uh, you know, maybe the most, you know, talented, maybe the best forward in the pac 12, um, you know, and then also, you know, she's flanked by Elise Bennett. Uh, you know, I mean, she's like, like they, like they've got a ton of offensive firepower, and there have been plenty of games this year where they dominated. You know, dominated possession, dominated chances, dominate whatever, and and just didn't put, you know, didn't put the ball in the back of the net. And, you know, as, as I was watching this game, I'm thinking, oh, God, you know, here we go again. Because that's been the that's been the, the thing, you know, leading up to that that point is that they yeah, they they've been finishing their chances. You know, they, they beat Virginia, you know, as we mentioned last week, a team that had only allowed eight goals all year scoring three goals against them. Right. You know, and, and then, you know, the West Virginia game was, you know, a little bit different, but it was like, you know, they they had chances and were finally putting them in the back of the net. Well, then, you know, you had this game. Well, West Virginia against... was more of, they had some half chances that they put in the back of the net. Right. They, they had some, yeah, against South Carolina, they had some full on legitimate should right. have been goal chances that didn't, didn't even yeah. get on, didn't even get Avery on Collins. Yeah. yeah. The grad transfer from Stanford has a wide, I don't know if it's wide open, but has a great chance. Cause she had a couple of really good chances and didn't finish either of them. Um, and so you just kind of felt like, okay, well, is, is this it? Is this where, you know, all that bad juju from earlier in the year comes back around and, you know, and then sure enough that it didn't, they, you know, early in, uh, early in overtime had a, a corner fall to fall to somebody's feet and yeah, it's kind of nice. Yeah. She roofed it. Yeah. We're talking about all the, uh, the attacking talent on the team, but of course it was the center back. Yeah. McKee Minnis. Uh, yeah, and she didn't. She didn't panic, man. She just like yeah, man. She was she was right there, and uh, a, a South Carolina defender headed it, or might you know a South Carolina defender headed it right onto her foot, and she yep. calmly she stand at the far it. post and <laughs> just like smashed it into the roof, man. Like a like I mean, a because she had she she had she had the she had the defender guarding the post and the goalie right there, and she just hit it. She just made it unsavable. She just smashed yeah. it so hard. Yeah. And yeah, that was awesome. Like what a moment. Um, the celebration is fantastic. You know, she runs out to the center of the field and does the knee slide and all her teammates pile on. And, um, it's just a blast to watch. And, and was it uh, her first goal of the season? Uh, I wasn't, I, I didn't look that close. That's a good question. I wouldn't be surprised, but, uh, um, yeah, I don't know, but that's, uh, yeah, it's wild to, you know, with all the attacking talent they have to have the, uh, the center back, um, off her foot, Barry, the winner, um, which is pretty cool. And, um, I mean, pretty, pretty, pretty fitting for this run they've been on 
you know, just a very unexpected run. Uh, this wasn't even supposed to be their best team, you know. So it's like just to go to the College Cup with two other Pac-12 teams and then they're facing the greatest program in the history of the NCAA. Yep. Um, so That's uh, your reward. That's your reward. You get to play North Carolina, the biggest soccer powerhouse, women's soccer powerhouse, and the biggest women's soccer powerhouse of a country <laughs> in the world. So, um, yeah. So, but, uh, yeah, so that's what they have coming, man. Um, I feel like it's better to play that though, than it is to play, you know, Stanford or UCLA or UCLA, right. you know, two teams that know them really, really well, R- right. you know, um, they've had, you know, Cougs have had a little more success against UCLA recently, but Stanford has been, yeah. nope. <laughs> you know, a real uphill battle. So, you know, I, I like their chances a little bit better against a team that, that maybe doesn't know them as well. Um, and, and, you know, maybe just in, in some way might, you know, ever so slightly take them, you know, just a little bit lightly. So, yeah, and, the, uh, Stanford has only lost once this year. North Carolina has only lost once this year. But funny enough, like Virginia and South Carolina had each only lost once the entire right. year. Yep. Um, so, uh, that they're, this team's not going to be intimidated by North Carolina or, or anything, you know? So, um, they're just, they're playing with house money right now. And, uh, and I, I should say that, um, Michael Preston on the, uh, later this week on the, uh, Kook Center Hour is going to have an interview with Todd Schollenberger, the head coach. And, uh, from what Michael said, it sounds like it's going to be pretty fun. Listen, oh, I can't, so. I seriously can't wait to listen to that. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, How cool is it, by the way, that he made time to do an interview with Michael this week? Yeah, that's dope. Yeah, that's so awesome. The biggest week of his professional life. Oh, for sure. Right? (laughs) Right? And he makes time to go on a podcast. I mean, that's where, you know, Michael always does uh, before the season. He always does an interview with Schulenberger and with Jen Greeny. And we'll get to volleyball in a sec. But, uh, you know, he does these interviews before the season. Then, it you know, it pays off at the end of the season. You know, he gets a... Gets a badass interview, you know? Yeah, and badass. Like, there's a WSU team. Like, it's really cool looking at that bracket, and it's just WSU, like, is there with, like, these three soccer powerhouses, and it's WSU. Yep. Um, and then uh, it should have, you know, it, it could have been four Pac-12 teams in the it top could four. have. But a former uh, WSU head coach, uh, I don't Kidane Kidane McElpine Kidani Kidani Kidan. Yeah. Um, he his his USC squad, which he has already uh, won a national title with them, but they it, blew his, it. They blew it. They could have been all four, but they they're the ones that blew it. So maybe he just didn't want to want to play uh, his uh, former team. So he, he and, bowed and out. By the way, uh, I don't know if it's Makia Menace. Is the, do we know if how to pronounce the the goal scorer's name? I don't know. Okay, but I can confirm it was her first goal of the year. Yeah, that's yeah, that's awesome. That's a pretty what, good what, first goal. Pretty good first goal to send your. She's only had two the... shots on goal all season. Yeah, well, she is a center back, so <laughs> <laughs> I know. But like you know, she is very. She's tall. You know, she's five eleven. Um, yeah. so, you know, you, you might figure that she might've, you know, I don't know, gotten her head on a corner or, or set probably or what, something. It's probably what the two shots were. You know? Probably. Yeah. But so her last shot on goal was, uh, September 28th against oh, Oregon wow. state. Wow. It's been a while. And then she so, just buried it. 
Yeah. Be ready she, for she, your opportunities. She looked like a striker, man. I'm serious. Like, like that yeah. ball got on her foot and she just like, and you know, I mean, I'm not, uh, you know, I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm, I'm not completely familiar with all of the players. Like I'm pretty familiar oh, sure. with the attacking players, Yeah, yeah, yeah. you know? And so when she did it, I, I just sort of assumed that it had gotten on the feet of, you know, like, uh, one of the attacking players. And then, you know, I saw who it was and I was like, who? And then, like, you know, and then uh, I was like, oh, oh, she's a, she's a center back. Okay. You know, and yeah, she looked great. And it, yeah, it's, it was so awesome. Like, especially in the context of, uh, you know, whatever happened earlier that afternoon, uh, you know, flipping over to, uh, to that game and, you know, I kind of, you know, I still had the Apple cup on the main screen. Um, oh yeah, I and, did too. And you know, and had the had the soccer game on my laptop while yep. while that was going on. That was my same and then, setup. Yeah, and then once the Apple Cup ended, you know, I switched over and you know put that on my main screen and. Um, it was funny, you know, Sarah was upstairs with, with one of her friends and, uh, her friend is not a sports fan. So she was a little bit baffled at my, my screaming and yelling. And, um, you know, I was, I was getting progressively louder as the chances were, were coming and the game was getting later. But, um, you know, I may, I may have, I may have startled some people upstairs when, when that goal went in. So, oh yeah, definitely. It's definitely it's, redeemed my day. It's pretty funny. I had, uh, you know, um, uh, my, uh, uh, Amanda's brother and, his girlfriend and then a friend of theirs uh and they were i i flipped over after the apple cup to you know the soccer game which i had been watching on my laptop because i I had i had like kind of jumped up a couple times during while they were watching the apple like what what i'm like oh no sorry the wrong game wrong game. well we had like we had like dual game commentary going on in slack oh yeah it was like it was like oh shit and like nothing was happening in the football game and it was like i'm sorry i'm talking about the soccer game yeah Yeah, so so they actually once I flipped it, they were like into it, you know, like they were into it. And then they, unfortunately, they had to leave uh, to meet a friend, and because uh, I don't think they had planned for watch it, but uh, but they were like as as they were walking out, like keeping their eye on the screen. It was pretty funny. Um, so they were into it, you know. They were all kooks, obviously. We were watching yeah. Apple Cup together, um, yeah. but yeah. So um, it was it was pretty fun. Yeah, that was um, it was a cool thing cool thing to watch i'm glad i was able to watch it apparently um apparently i not everyone had the right uh service to watch it i don't it was like on sec network yeah um so i was bummed by that but um i'm glad i have whatever cable package i have so that i was able to watch it yeah, but, uh, uh, yeah i had I, it through youtube tv as well yeah which was nice i think this next one should just be standard like if you have espn Okay, I'm like looking. ESPN three. I'm like, looking right now. I uh, couldn't find it earlier on there, but it is. It does. They said watch ESPN on their on their official Twitter. Yep. So that that'd be my guess. It's probably just ESPN three. Yeah, would be which my means, guess. Like, which if would you be, have ESPN. Then yeah, you if you have ESPN, you'll be able to see it. So that, that's, that's my guess. Friday at four. North Carolina with a trip to the championship game on the line. North Carolina. I mean, and the game's in San Jose. It's not, um, it's not, you know, they don't have to play. And, and I mean, you know, I tweeted this out not to kind of go on on too much of a digression here, but like, like, you know, we watched the men's basketball tournament and it's amazing when, I mean, the Cougars were the equivalent of like, uh, 
what, like an eight seed, a nine seed? I mean, more or less, right? Like, you know, you right. figure, okay, so right. they, they, they won their opener and then they had to go play a one seed. So they're like an eight seed, a nine seed, something like that, right. more or less. Yeah. And they go on, they go, they don't just beat the one seed. They beat the one seed at their field, right? And I don't know that home field advantage is, you know, maybe as strong in, in say, college soccer as it would be in you know, college basketball or whatever. But, right. um, but I, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to like imagine a, a team in the NCAA basketball tournament having to go on the road to beat the number one seed and having to go on the road to beat the number two seed. Right. Like, like, well, sometimes like you have to play the number one seed, like two hours from there. Yeah. Their but gym, still, but... but not even in their gym though. Yeah. Right. You know, it's like, it's crazy. So anyway, I just, um, it's such a cool, it's just, it, it's such an incredibly cool accomplishment. Um, such an amazing, um, you know, again, not, not just making it to the, to the, you know, the, the final four, the college cup, but to do it in the way that they did it, getting one home game and then having to travel, you know, to the East, not, not, not like any place even remotely close, but like all the way to the East coast. You know, and then to have to travel to another East Coast location to play the number two seed for the right to go to the final. I mean, it's just really remarkable, incredible story. Um, it just sort of blows blows my mind what this program is and has become. And uh, it's it's just not um, it, 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 it's I mean, it's Washington State, right? Like. Like you just go, how, how does a soccer power? I mean, I don't know that it's a powerhouse, but I mean, how does a, how does a, a, a really good soccer program, you know, happen in, in, in Pullman and not only that, but with, you know, basically, you know, four coaches over the course of a decade and, and not because, um, <clears throat> you know, they were all necessarily amazing and got promoted or something. It just was like, you know, they all left for various reasons. They were all good, but you know, like, uh, you know, McAlpine got, you know, so Matt Potter, right. Gets hired away to Oklahoma right. after a pretty long, successful ta I, I can't, I can't remember how long he was here, but it was seven or eight years, I think right. something like that. So he gets hired away to go to Oklahoma. Fine. Okay. You know, McAlpine comes, he's here for, I think two years. Yeah, it wasn't if I remember long. right. Yeah. I think it was two years. And then USC hires him away and then they replace him with Steve Nugent, who has a pretty good successful year. And then he resigns for personal reasons. Right. And it's like, shit, you know, like, like you just feel like, Oh my so you're God, you're coming into your third coach in the third year. Yeah, yeah. Like this whole thing is just like hanging by, a th like you feel like it must be hanging by a thread and then it's not right. Schulenberger shows up and, you know, shores the thing up and, you know, is, is probably the best coach of the bunch. And I mean, it's just, it, it's an, it's an incredible story. It, it, it really is. Uh, I, I, I sort of struggle to find the words to describe how incredible this is. And, and it's very cool. And it doesn't hurt that you and I are huge soccer fans. So it's like super fun to, to watch a soccer team be good. And, um, and the style they play and the is... style that they play very attacking. Like they, they're pretty direct. So for people who don't watch a lot of soccer, that basically means kind of, you know, they're, they're constantly hitting, you know, longer balls, searching for right. people who are running. Um, you know, they are not afraid to attack and, 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 and defensively it's, it's an attack. It's attacking defense. They, they press every pass. Yep. They press, like there's, they challenge everything. Yep. Uh, they're always trying to win possession back. Um, they take risks, you know, whatever. So, but yeah, but they still have just uh, played so well 
Um, I, I, you know, they, they, now they had that grinder. They, they've had two grinders, the Memphis and, uh, and I mean, the Virginia one was a grinder, but there was goals. But they've had those two where they just couldn't. They've had chances, chances, and they finally got one through. Yeah. Um, but yeah, now obviously the, you know, it's honestly like, um, they've already beaten a team as good as North Carolina, like on the way to yeah. play North Carolina. Um, they haven't beaten Stanford this year. Uh, but I believe they played him to a tie earlier they did, this last, season. Uh, so, last year. Oh, was that last yeah, year? Yeah, last okay. year they played him to a tie. But that was like the first – I can't remember, but that was like the first. No, this uh, year they lost 5-0. Yeah, yeah, this year uh, was bad. Yeah. But last year, if I remember right, last year they played to a tie, and that was like the first time – I don't know, the first like uh, non-win for Stanford that year or something like yeah, that. Yeah, anyway. yeah. That, no, you're right. Yeah, um, yeah so uh, – yeah, if you've got the time on Friday night, uh, go go ahead and watch uh, Cougs. Could make even I'm more history. Making the time. Yeah, so I'm, I'm stoked for that. Um, but yeah, man, uh, we have other things to talk about, I guess. I don't know. What else do you want? You want to talk about volleyball? Yeah, we'll, we'll get to volleyball. <laughs> we'll, we'll just round out the happiness. I mean, I mean, we got... I mean, we got two good teams that, that were awesome this weekend. And, well, you know, it's funny. Yeah, and we so, also have a football team. Yeah, so I it's funny. Uh, last night I um I went out to went out to dinner and some drinks with some friends and and uh, we came, we got back to our house and we were gonna hang out at, back at our house and I I uh, I had been checking the volleyball score on my on my uh, on Twitter and stuff and so I come in like running into the house and like I'm like grabbing the remote and and, and Amanda tells friends like oh there's some sports thing on like I know that look. Like yeah. there's a sports thing happening right now and he needs to get it on the TV as soon as possible. So that's what's happening. And our right. friends are kooks. So I put that, put it on. I think it was like twelve eleven or whatever WSU. Like when I turned it on in the fifth set, obviously the fifth, fifth set, set goes. Okay. So WSU's playing UW last night, number nine UW, who they've already beaten once this season. Uh, WSU is, you know, they were pretty much on the bubble. They could have been in without the win, but they they had they had lost some games in a row, some some uh, matches in a row. Yep. So it was not it was not it was not a gimme. It was not a gimme, especially if they went and got swept or whatever. Like it would not looked good. But uh, and they were fifty six in RPI coming in. So you're like, eh, have we done enough? I mean, they have a lot of wins in conference play and all that. Um, but uh, but yeah, so they 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 come in. It's fifth set. And uh, they they pulled out, you know. I got my friends into the match. We're all excited. Um, so it was it was really fun to uh, another. You know, it's fun to watch um, a WSU program beat UW and beat UW in a huge game. And and for the second time this year, yeah, third time in a row. Was, third time in a row as well. Fuck yeah, we did. Because you know, I mean, you know, there's only one program that can't seem to figure it out, but. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, so and then uh on the backs of that win today, uh volleyball going to their fourth straight NCAA tournament. Um Yep. Heading out they're playing San Diego, who is the champions of the West Coast Conference. And uh they're playing them in Hawaii. So Hawaii is the the seeded team in their in their region. Um and so I think they're they're not super high seed. I think they were the twelfth seed. So uh um you know, it's not they they didn't get stuck in the region of like the four seed or the two seed or you know, like so, um, right. So that's but and they do they get to go to Honolulu, so that's fun. Yeah. Um, 
So they're going out to Honolulu, and uh, they're also playing on Friday, and that's at 6.30 Pacific time. I'm sure it'll be streamed somewhere. Um, but, uh, yeah, so another big, big match. Uh, so they play in San Diego on Friday uh, um, at 6.30. So hopefully the you, you can watch WSC soccer win and then watch uh, WSC volleyball win as well. Yeah, I, it's it, – I don't know how many people know much about the the volleyball team, but super young, like super-duper young. 11 like, freshmen. Yeah, and hearkening back to – so we were just talking about Michael doing interviews before the season. Well, he did one with Jen Greeny before the season, and she talked about how, you know, one of the things they've they've really struggled with is <clears throat> sort of balancing the classes and having – you know, ideally you would like to bring in, you know, a handful of freshmen every year. Right. And, but the way that, you know, since the, when they came in, they ended up with a real, you know, freshman heavy class. Well, all those, you know, all those players went through, you know, all four years and there wasn't, you know, like a lot of times with basketball, you might get a really, you know, freshman heavy class and half those freshmen might transfer. And so it ends up, you know, balancing it out. Well, that's not happening. And so, you know, they took this massive freshman class last year and, you know, lo and behold, they, you know, continued, uh, you know, their success, which I think is, you know, a, a yeah. mega testament to what uh, Jen Greeny's doing uh, with the assistance of, you know, her husband who's the the top, uh, her top assistant there, Burdett. And it, it's just, it's a super cool deal. It's, it really is like, I mean, I just, I, I think we've said this before, but it really is sort of the, this is the golden age of Cougar athletics, like with the exception of, you know, men's basketball and baseball and baseball. But I mean, you just, you just kind of feel like, okay, I so guess these the other, fall sports of the fall sports yeah. is the golden age, you could say, but it's like, you know, you just look at, you go, okay, volleyball is great. And, you know, uh, soccer's, you know, incredible. And, you know, football is the best it's ever been and you know tennis is doing things that it's never done before and it's just i mean it's it, it really is uh out there and and this is kind of par for the course stuff for a lot of other schools <laughs> you know um you know if you pay attention to non-revenue sports at other schools it's like oh this is pretty normal to have you know other good programs but um wazoo is a school that has not traditionally had a lot of success with really any of its programs um, on any consistent basis. And, and I think it's a, it's a really cool deal that, um, you know, it's, there are all these different programs that are succeeding right now, uh, that we can take some pride in. Yeah. And, uh, just like, uh, the soccer team, this is a remarkable story. They've won just as many, they won just as many conference matches as they did last season. Um, after losing all of, but one of their key players, essentially, um, including one of the better programs or bet one of the better players in program history, right. You know, graduated last year. So, yeah. So, yeah. So it's a very, very impressive run already. And, uh, they have a chance to, you know, make some hay, um, in, in Hawaii. So, um, uh, another thing to follow, lot, lots of, lots of happy stuff going on in Cougar nation, right? Jeff, nothing, nothing bad to talk about. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know, what, are you, what are you referencing, Craig? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe let's take a break and try to. Uh, during that break, we'll try to figure out what to talk about for the rest of this podcast. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, what else should we talk about? I don't know, man. Uh, you know, talk about beer. You want to talk about beer? <laughs> Look at anything to not talk about. 
That football game. Uh, I've had a few today, um, all weekend. I'm having my first, so. What are you having? I am having uh, the appropriately named for this podcast about the Apple Cup, uh, Tough Love (laughs) from Crux, uh, part of their 2019 Banished series. It's a barrel-aged Imperial Stout. Um, And just to rub a little salt in the wound, it's uh, it's got purple on it. Uh, yeah. The wax was purple and, you know, whatever. So, but I will say uh, it is a really outstanding beer. Um, the The biggest thing I noticed right now. So this was, this was bottled just about a month ago, which is like, you know, super young for a, um, a barrel aged beer. Uh, but it's, so the, ch- the cherries are coming through. So it's got dried cherries as part of it. Um, I also bought another bottle that I'm going to let age. So I'm curious to see as it ages, I'll bet the cherries kind of mellow out. Um, and some of the coffee maybe starts to come forward, uh, on it as it ages. But anyway, yeah, really, really good right now. Um, and I'm sure it'll be really, really good in a year. Yeah. I'll say in my experience, uh, the cherries will probably hang on longer than the coffee, but, uh, but, um, yeah, uh, I've had a I've had a couple beers tonight. Um, I just finished off a uh, 2017 Rusty Nail. Just pulling oh. crap, pulling random shit out of the cellar. Yeah, um, from Fremont, and then yeah. uh, we had a so um, Seven Seas and uh, Tacoma and Gig Harbor um, released some barrel aged stuff uh, recently. So uh, we drank their uh, barrel aged stout. Um, it was pretty nice earlier as well um it's you know it's winter it's cold uh yep we like to dig into those stouts yep um and it's holiday weekend so been doing that all weekend um so i've been drinking drinking some good beer um we also uh yesterday with our friends had some of that uh the wine with the cougar logo on it um Mm. the number number six that was pretty tasty um yeah so uh (sighs) all right so (sighs) do we have to do we have to? Yeah, we have to. All right. So we I lost don't know, man. I mean, what the hell? Like, it was kind of like, uh, so Brian Anderson, right, got on Slack today after being out. of. T- <laughs> he, like, went to a cabin <laughs> for the weekend and didn't watch the game. Um, and he was like, oh, so fun watching the same game for the fifth year in a row. And I'm like, yeah, that that pretty much captures it, right? Yeah. I don't know if it was the exact same game. Um, I haven't seen if, uh, Bill Connolly has been tweeting out his box scores yet, but, um, given that WSU actually went up in SP plus rating, uh, I would think that, uh, there was a chance because of our success rate in that game, um, that, uh, we were in position to win. Cause really that game came down to success and scoring opportunities and success yep. in the red zone. Yeah, that was, that was, that was the whole game. Yeah, WSU was there. They had their chances. They had just as many chances as UW did. Yeah, the, five trips in the red zone. Five trips in the red zone. WSU gets one touchdown and two field goals out of those five trips. <sighs> and a turnover. And a turnover. <laughs> just fuck. Like I can't even. Well, the, and, the, and then the <sighs> fifth, and the fifth, the fifth one was the end of the game. So right. Yeah. But it's it's just. I don't know, man. I mean. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like they go in that, that first drive. You're like, don't do this to me. 
Like they get that touchdown. So we've now oh, four, yeah. scored a touchdown in the first quarter of the Apple Cup for the first time in six years or whatever. Yeah. Um. So they do that, and you're like, okay, this is it, UW's giving them those five yards, five yards, five yeah. yards, and they were getting that. They have a number of drives that were over fifty yards. Um, and, and you could also say field position played a hell of a part because we UW definitely had the field position um, advantage. Yeah, uh, they they had they uh, that was probably the worst uh, performance of the kick re- kick coverage crew that uh, WSU has had all season, which of yep. course it happens in this game. Um, of course it did. Um, yeah, so uh, obviously the uh, UW cash in touchdowns every time or all, all but. All but uh, one, they touched four touchdowns and a field goal in all their scoring opportunities. Uh, so they're getting 31 points. We get 13 out of ours. That's the score of the game. Uh, you know, they, WCU didn't give up a lot of big plays. The defense actually was probably one of their best best performances of the season. This was probably the best performance of the season. And, and, like, but I, really, like I don't think you can really argue with that. What they could have done better is obviously tighten up in the red zone. And when uh, UW uh, just uh, – they – they ran the ball really well, close close to the goal line, and they. But they they held Washington to under four hundred yards. Yeah. Right. Well under. I mean, yeah, like three forty to three forty or something, yep. right? Yep. I mean, it, they got a couple turnovers or a turnover, right? I mean, it's just. I mean, coming into the game, like if it, if someone tells you that's what happens, yeah. If you gave them that stat line, right? If you said, okay, here's what the defense is going to do, you know, what do you, what do you think? How do you think this game turns out? You know, there might be some of us that would say, well, we're, we always lose, so we're going to lose anyway. But, you know, I mean, you'd, you'd probably think uh, it's probably a pretty close game, right? Like, like yeah. that, that would be your inclination to, yeah. if you, if you gave, if you gave that stat line, you know. And it was, except for a roughly 10 minute span. Like, where, <laughs> yeah. And, and, which is what always and, Which were turnovers and whatever, I, you know. And well, and obviously, uh, UW got the benefit of some drive extending calls, uh, particularly on their second touchdown drive. Yes, which, which was, was total bullshit. Yeah, and whatever. I mean, you know, you know, you're going to get some Pac-12 ref randomness, you know, inserted into the game. I mean, you know, it's coming. It's just a matter of, you know, is it going to come at a time when it's backbreaking and the defense isn't good enough to make two drive ending plays. Right. You know, they can make one, <laughs> but they're not going to make two. And sure enough, you know, they, they got screwed and, and then, uh, you know, they end up giving up a touchdown. So, yeah. And obviously, uh, you had mentioned this, uh, you know, Gordon was fine with the, the taking those short balls, taking them short, short over and over again. Uh, but when, uh, you know, they had one three and out and then they, he got sacked a couple times. Like, it seems like it, it was really in his head. And it it got harder and harder for him to yeah. to you know basically take what UW was giving him, um, and then both of his intercept. I mean, one of his interception was essentially an arm punt, but uh, yep. but the uh, his second one was definitely him just trying to make a play, and he had an open guy and just did a weird yeah. sidearm Made throw, throw, and yeah, it's uh, I, I think that's honestly the most uh, remarkable thing of the way Washington has defended us in this game is just the, how far that defense gets inside literally every quarterback's head, like to a man. Right. And we've seen this with like four quarterbacks now, 
right? Like this right. is this is Peyton Bender. This is Luke Falk. This is Gardner Minshew. <laughs> you know, this is Anthony Gordon. And every last one of them, you know, ends up seeing ghosts out there. You know, I mean, how often have you seen Anthony Gordon be indecisive this year? Right. Yeah. And just hold on. And, and, and he has a tendency to hold on to the ball, but it's, it's, he doesn't hold on to the ball because he doesn't know what he's seeing. He holds on to the ball because his protection is good and he's waiting for a guy to come open and you know, whatever. Right. I mean, he'll, you can tell the difference between a guy holding onto the ball to wait for something to develop and a guy holding onto the ball because he's like, you know, like a deer in a headlights. Right. And for the first time this year, eh, maybe against Utah, but yeah. just, you know, for the first time in a long time and maybe just the second time all year. I mean, he's just standing back there and he's like, he, like he doesn't even know where to go with the ball. And I, you know, I'm not skilled enough at, you know, X's and O's and dissecting defensive coverages and things like that. And I know we sort of poo pooed it and went, especially like even after the first drive, right. We were kind of sort of like, okay, you don't have, you know, 18 NFL players on defense anymore. So here we go. Um, you know, I, I kind of thought, okay, fine. You know, let, yeah, let's see what Jimmy Lake does when he doesn't have all those NFL players. Well, apparently they must be doing something. You know, I don't know what it is, but they must be doing something that is well, they, just like completely um, confusing and and causing our quarterbacks to like second guess everything they think they're seeing because it like they all look exactly the same when they drop back. And by the time they get to the third fucking quarter, they all look like they don't even know what is happening on the other side of the ball that they, they just have no clue as to where any receiver is or where they should be or who might be open. And they just stand there until they finally get clobbered by one of the three rushers. Well, yeah. And it's, uh, it, I mean, you dub, uh, runs to the ball, the ball carrier. Um, you just don't see it in other games as well. Like when Max would catch a, you know, catch a, a check down off the, off to the side, uh, normally you'd see him be able to – he'd be against one or maybe two guys and he could make someone miss and get some yards. But this – UW would just be swarming like four or five guys. Um, if You know, if you'd hit one of the one of the, the mesh guys, the crossers over in the middle, they'd catch it. And if it they catch for five and that's what it was, it was five yards. Like so they weren't getting many yards after the catch. Like Aesop Winston was completely shut down. Um, you just, you weren't getting much downfield at all. Um, yep. so that, that made it when you got to the, got close to the end zone, suddenly you can't just dink and dunk it into the end zone. That right. It becomes harder, uh, right. cause there's just not space for that. And, and, uh, they struggle and obviously, you know, uh, fumbling the ball, um, you know, that, that didn't help. Um, no, um, <laughs> That definitely did not help. Yeah. Um, also, yeah, that that was good. That that um, uh, that, that fumble. Um, uh, that, <laughs> that the refs initially the ref called called down. called down, but it was not even. <laughs> it close. was not even close. Like that was wild. You know. You're like, yeah. Come on. Um, yeah. So it was. Uh, yeah, th I think the refs were having a rough game. Uh, oh my god! In, in they, general, they always but, have a rough yeah. game. But yeah. By the but, way, do you do you realize we only gained three fewer yards in Washington? Yes, I put it in the Slack, Jeff. Come on. God damn it. Um. Yeah. Only three fewer yards. Uh. I, I, 
that was definitely turnovers and yeah. red zone yep train wreck yeah and you know one of the turnovers being in the red zone doesn't help um yeah so uh yeah it was yeah the red zone yeah honestly is uh the defense made so many more stops than you think they would. Yeah. You, you would have hoped Especially that in the second half. They could have right? held it. Yeah, when it could have went out of control, but they repeatedly gave. There was multiple times that the offense had the ball and could have got us within one well, score. Well, even on the turnover, you know, they gave the offense a short field. They gave them a short field, and then it was interception, I think, was that, or maybe that was the turnover on downs. I don't, I don't remember. But either I'm way, ne- they, they were sort of in prime scoring position. They put them in prime scoring position, and – uh, they didn't, you know, that, that that one, it felt like, okay, maybe something can change. And I think they got a couple first downs right away. And then I think yeah. it, was, it was an interception happened or something. So, um, okay. So I have a question for you. So we, we have sort of, we have spent most of the year poo-pooing the people who, apparently I like to use that term this podcast, but yes, poo-pooing the people who, uh, you know, are clamoring for a better run game, clamoring for more handoffs to Max Borgie. This was the first game where I really felt like that that's actually legitimate. Well, especially and, in the red zone, I felt Yes. Like. And, and I'm starting to kind of come around to the idea. So, okay. So I, I think back to the piece I wrote last year about the Apple Cup where I just kind of said – you know, this just really, really sucks. It's really unfortunate that Washington is both uniquely suited to shut us down and also our rival. And, and that's sort of like the, the like like a shitty combination, right? Where the they are the best at the things that cause us the most trouble. And it's, you know, if USC did that, we'd probably just be like, whatever, dude, USC is doing it and it's fine. Not, not that it's fine, but you know what I mean? Like we, we would just go, whatever, you know, USC is beating us, you know, seven years in a row and okay, fine. That's what USC does. The only reason we sort of freak out about all this is because it's, it's our rival, right? It's Washington. And, um, you know, we freak out about it more just simply because of that. It, after watching this game, it's kind of causing me, and I'm trying not to overreact, but it's kind of causing me maybe to rethink some of um, some of what we do and some of how we do things and, and seeing it as less of a thing that Washington does and seeing it maybe as a little bit more of, of our deficiencies. And so when I see, for example, the red zone stuff, right? Like, like you have to be able to run the ball in the red zone. You just, you have to, you know, and it's, it's one thing to, to throw the ball in the red zone against, you know, uh, Colorado or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, like, you know, we, we have shown we can throw the ball in the red zone, against those teams. But, you know, when you play Utah and you play Washington and you play Cal, you know, you've got to be able to somehow move the ball in another way. You've got like, like they have to respect that you can run the ball and, and we don't. And, and I, you know, sometimes I start to wonder like if, if we're not sort of, I don't know. There are a lot of people who were like, you know, we, we've hit our ceiling as to what Mike Leach can do. Right. And I look at that and go, you know, for a while I'd, I'd been thinking, no, you know, like, like, it's just whatever. It's unlucky. Washington's good. You know, Chris Peterson's good. We're just, you know, bad timing. You know, it's just bad timing that he's not, you know, coaching against Tyrone Willingham or whatever. 
But there's also a part of me now as I, as I kind of go through it that I think, you know, maybe we, we sort of have, I don't know if topped out's the right word, but just sort of like, like maxed out our, our potential to a certain degree in thinking that, okay, so when we need to run the ball, we sort of can't. And, you know, if we're going to beat Washington, like we have to be able to run five on five. And we talked about this during the preview, right? And we thought this was the year we could run five on five and we still didn't really do it. And I wonder, you know, maybe you've got some thoughts on this. I wonder if some of that is just, you know, the limitation of our offensive line. We're recruiting light guys who we bulk up. We're recruiting guys who can pass block 75% of the time, which we should do because that's what we do. But, you know, I think there might be an inherent deficiency there where they just really can't pass block well. And we're seeing it, you know, with Andre Dillard, you know, first round pass or first round draft pick, you know, you watch him with the Eagles and, you know, he, he, he definitely struggles a bit you know, with, with run blocking. Right. So, you know, I, I kind of wonder if it's maybe, you know, we, 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 we talk about the running game and we talk about, okay, when we've got favorable numbers, we can do it, et cetera, et cetera. And that's true against, you know, the vast majority of teams. But when you play a Utah, when you play a Cal, when you play a Washington, you know, are our offensive linemen physical enough and talented enough to, to run the ball with authority and, I don't think that after kind of watching this game and watching how this year went down, I think honestly we're at a point where maybe we say, yeah, they're not able to do that. And part of that maybe has to do with how we recruit and how we develop. And I'm not saying it's, it's bad or wrong or we should change it, but I'm also kind of wondering like, you know, if, if maybe really we are sort of at a point where you know, barring some sort of like mega special season or a season where maybe the rest of the Pac-12 is down, if maybe we haven't, you know, if maybe there isn't a plateau based off of the kinds of guys we recruit. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? Do you have thoughts on that? Well, yeah, for for one, like we've uh, last year, we essentially hit the same level that that uh leach hit at um texas tech you know he, he was they were ranked a little higher at some uh-huh. point but but they got you know roughly the same amount of wins and you know uh, a big loss to uh to a, a top team in the conference that kind of kept them out of uh you know a major bowl right um and all that so um yeah so it uh what you talk about with the with the air raid uh, a lot of it is predicated on the, the amount of reps that you do and, and that you're just so good at, you know, nothing's overly complicated in, in the system. It's just that you do the same reps so many times that the defense can't possibly guard it because they don't do the same reps right. in, in this. And so you do your job better. But the thing is they're not doing those reps in the run game as much as they are in the passing game. Right. You know? Like they're not, they're not, like you said, 75, 25. Yeah. They should be repping the pass blocking more. But yeah, then when it, when it comes to like, hey, we do need to run the ball. Maybe the fact that they're not running is just because they they don't believe that they can do it, um, or maybe there's some hubris that they believe the the pass will work. Um, but uh, yeah, so I don't I don't know. It's it's definitely in this game they got inside the ten a couple times and they didn't run the ball, and you're just kind of like, let's yeah. maybe try it out. 
Um, well, and we didn't run it. We ran it very minimally in the first half. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sorry, I caught you mid-drink. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah, I thought you were going to talk a little longer. Yeah, sorry. Um, so, but, but, uh, but we did. I mean, like, we ran it, v- like, very minimally in the first half. Second half, it seemed like we ran it a bit more. Um, you know, It didn't it, work that well. It didn't work that well, but I, I did feel like, and I don't know if this is, I, I mean, so much of this is anecdotal, right? Like, it felt like even though we were getting you know, only getting three, four, five yards at a time. Like it still felt like, you know, maybe that was tip, creating, creating like, some other space. Well, cause what you saw towards the end of like after a few drives is when W or UW started getting home with sacks is because yeah. they, they were just like, screw it. We're pinning it back. Yeah. They're like, we're, we're not out. even going to try and defend the run. Yeah. Like we're just going to pass rush. Yeah. So with three guys, Three guys, three or four. God damn it. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And uh, Gordon didn't handle the rush quite as well as we've seen him do. Um, wasn't his best game for sure. Uh, wasn't a lot of the offensive's best game. Um, uh, obviously, Arcanado, of course, going out in the first quarter did not help. No, that um, uh Bell wasn't bad. Like, Bell made some plays. But at the same time, like, he – Arcanado, did, like, it, is just, like – he I, I does some things say, that Bell yeah. can't do, right? Yeah. I mean, he's he's stronger, he's more physical. You know, he can make a not that Bernard Bell can't make a catch in traffic, but you know, Arcanado is you know just a different kind of receiver. Well, yeah, and he um, maybe if it's Arcanado on uh, one of the drives ending a field goal um, on that quick uh, that quick basically uh, stop route in the in the end zone, maybe Arcanado catches that ball because he yeah. has before. And Bell, as he's not as used to running it, wasn't ready for the timing as well. Let it hit him in yep. the chest. He did get interfered. Even with, though by he the way. was, his arms were being pinned down. Pinned down. Um, <laughs> thanks, refs. Yeah, thanks. Um, but uh, yeah, so I don't know. Like it, it, it felt like like that was a touchdown play that they had, and they they were like, we don't know what to do now. That didn't work. Yeah. That always works. Yeah. Um, I assume that that was the play that they checked out of against Oregon State to, yeah. to run instead. You know. Um, but yeah, so it. You know, they ran right when they got to the goal line in the first drive. But, um, you know, once they were in that sort of like five to nine yard range, they they didn't seem comfortable with running. No, which was frustrating. Yeah. But but I kind of like, again, you know, maybe they they feel the same way we do, you know, that it's just like, you know, that's not their bread and butter. That's not what they do best, you know. And so let's keep doing what we do best. I don't know. It's it, it it it's frustrating, right? Like, you know, you just think, okay, well, you know, you know, do this other thing, and, and we, you know, we poked fun at it on the preview. You know, the idea that they should make these wholesale changes or whatever before the game, but I mean, is there a kernel of truth in there? I mean, is it you know? Should they maybe adjust? And you know, is, well, yeah, is Mike it's not like a wholesale to not maybe you know attack in a different way? Yeah, you know, I um I think that's always going to be Leach's uh um weakness is the the but but it's also the strength of WSU. Right. So it's like it's hard it, the fact that we just run the same shit over and over and over again is the reason we're able is to beat teams. what makes us great, but is also yeah. what keeps us from, you know, beating UW or whatever. Yeah, so it's like I don't I don't know, like 
can can they just adjust for that week? Um, I don't know. Like maybe he's just so stubborn. Like it's over. And obviously, uh, we we have to talk about this. But he was obviously frustrated. I was going to say this, that's a good time to talk about <laughs> his his apparent so, simmering feud with John Blanchett. But before, so before the John Blanchett, and which is another thing that people are. Uh, Hang, hanging on to before the Blanchett question he was asked by I can't remember who asked him this question but but why you know why do you keep losing to UW or in, and then and he kind of uh very sarcastically I I thought said that um you know well you guys say that UW's getting these top 10 recruiting classes so you tell me um so I don't do do you hear that? Do you, do you do you think that's a bit throwing the players under the bus, or do you think that's just like a sarcastic comment about um, recruiting? Or I don't. I, well, I, I don't know. it's not the first time he's mentioned recruiting in the right. context of this game. I, I can't remember if it was last year or two years ago. I th- I think it was two years ago, if I if I remember right. I, someone will probably correct me on that. But you know, it's definitely not the first time he's mentioned recruiting the recruiting disparity you know, in this game. And I think there are kind of a couple of ways you can take this, right? You can be like, okay, he's making excuses, which maybe he is, but, um, you know, another way to take it is he's just, he's just frustrated. You know, he's super frustrated. He's tired of losing the game. He's tired of, you know, fielding questions about it. Um, you know, and, and maybe he's also, you know, a little bit tired of, you know, losing these, you know, recruiting battles, you know, to Washington. Well, yeah. So that's, so that's another part of it. Every, every, every fucking year you see all these people who think they know everything come and say, and even some like players, like you need to recruit Washington players because then, then they'll care about this. They'll understand. But of course, Max Borgie said in his, in his press conference that some of the guys care too much. Like they get too hyped up, up, too amped up about the game. So what is it then? But at the same time, WSU does recruit every good player in the state of Washington. <laughs> right. They try to get every yeah. single good player. They yeah. offered Jacob Eason. They yeah. offered every good defensive player from the state of Washington. Yep. They offered them a scholarship and they recruited them and they offered them to visit all of that stuff. And some of them yep. did visit, you know, um, small, Savay Smalls that just committed to UW, a five star that this year. Um, had you had WSU had WSU yeah he had WSU in his like top 10 for a long time and UW wasn't even in it and then UW turned put on the gas and then he went to UW and so that's it's 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 the same as it's been forever like every good player in Washington has gone to Washington do you remember Bishop Sankey who was committed to WSU for like years he was committed to Paul Wolf WSU and then he went to UW because it's what happens is like WSU comes in early on the Washington kids and they get, you know, they get him excited. And then you, and then when UW misses on some national kid, right. they, they go and okay, you can and come play at us. Them. And then they flip. Like it's like just saying yeah. that WSU does not recruit the best athletes in the state of Washington is, is, is you're just not do. paying attention no. to recruiting. No. Nope. Like that's it's just not the case. WCU is recruiting the kids; they're just not landing them. They just they, they go to UW. They go to UW as they have forever. Like that has never changed. The best recruits in the state go to Washington. Like 
I mean, who are the highest? I mean, I don't know. Just like kind of off the top of my head. I mean, like is Drew Bledsoe the number one Washington recruit to go to WSU? Probably. Like, probably. We didn't have like re- recruiting rankings back then. Yeah, but he's from Walla Walla. Right. <laughs> you know, it's like, I mean, you know, I don't know, you know, how many kids, you know, have been. And also, him, but- and also Washington has just as many kids from California as WSU yeah, has. Like, you know, it, it's just, it's whatever. Like, I, yeah. You know, you get either they're too amped up or they're not amped up enough or whatever. But I mean, I can tell you, you know, I mean, I I know for a fact a number of California kids that really, 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 really want to beat Washington. And they just they just don't. And, and then come didn't. on, like this is the program that has kept them out of the Rose Bowl for three years in yeah. a row. Like, do you not think that they wanted to beat like they this really team? Really want to beat them, <laughs> you know? Uh, you know, I, I think it's a combination of all the things we've talked about. Um, you know, I, I, like I said, I'm coming around to the idea that maybe we do have a ceiling under Leach, which. It is not, by the way, is not me saying, you know, I want a coaching change. I don't. I want Leach to stick around. I want him to stay. I like the air raid. Like, I want to keep doing this. This is fun to have a shitty season and have it be six and six. Well, yeah. And so if if what you see after the Apple Cup is the the Kook fans that pay attention to like one game a year. Yep. And I'm fucking tired of losing to Washington. But like what I I say, like, let him walk. Just like live and die with the rest of the season, and it's a lot more fun. Like, yeah, like we we hosted College Game Day last year. Like, we won eleven games last year. Yeah, we lost two. One of them was to Washington. Like the other eleven that we won, pretty fun. This year, not a great year, six and six. So maybe a little more frustrating when you lose to UW at the end. But also the two previous games, like right before that. We're yeah. a blast. Fun like, as hell. Yeah. So I don't know. Like if, if you're Matt, like you want to fire Leach. Um, it's insane. To, because he, he loses to UW. Please offer up a coach that is going to yeah. have that success. Exactly. Um, in every other fucking game on the schedule. Yep. So and and you can be mad about his post game comments. That's fine. Like there, like he needs to yes. do better about he, that. He looked like a petulant child. He definitely. And we'll get to the Blanchett part now. Yes, his comment about recruiting is stupid. He shouldn't do that because it it, it it's it super t- stupid. It, it ties in your players, and then it, you're you're. It's inevitably people take it as you're throwing your players under the bus, which you may be doing. Well, and by the way, one of your you know pillars of your coaching philosophy is you know do your job. And it's like, well, isn't like seventy five percent of your job recruiting? Yeah, there you, you know? go, man. Like, like that's your job is recruiting. So do your job. I, I just think he's really frustrated, and I get it. And everybody's frustrated, and they say stupid things at the end. And then so uh, um, we learn that he very much loves John Blanchett. <laughs> yeah. Has uh, no bone to pick with him whatsoever. Yeah, you know, I happen to be one of the people who actually kind of likes Blanchett. I think he's a good writer. I think uh, sometimes he uh, falls a little bit too in love with his own turn of phrase. Um, but I he mean, is all, a pretty, every 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 longtime columnist. Yes, that happened. It, it yes. befalls the best. One hundred percent true. Um, I think he's. Ge- you know, honestly, I think he's generally pretty fair 
to Washington State. Now, I do think he doesn't miss an opportunity to take a shot. I oh, think sure. that's kind of well. And and if you're if you're if you're in Blanche's position, let's see, as a columnist in Spokane, like uh, and what you've you know your whole career you've covered this WSU football program. You know, as a journalist, and like this you're, is going way, way back, yeah, like you're, decades. You're, yeah, you're supposed to be the check to, you know, the power, right? So right, because it's like, the beat writer can't ask these questions, right? The beat writer can't say to Mike Lee because then the beat hey, writer will not get in the room ever again, right? So, yeah. I mean, yeah, he'll never get in the room ever again. So Theo can't say to Mike Leach, "Hey, how come you can't beat Washington?" And oh, their recruiting classes. Will you beat other programs with top ten recruiting classes? What's the problem with Washington? Like the Which beat is a very can't fair question. It's that an incredibly we fair have question. all like. How come we can beat USC? How can we beat Oregon? How come we can beat Stanford? How exactly. come we can beat every other fucking every? The only school that we regularly beat in recruiting is Oregon State. That's the only school that we regularly yeah. beat in recruiting, and, and that's only and we're pretty much with, at the same. Like we're, and we're pretty, pretty much, much peers it's with like, Colorado yeah. and Utah, yeah, and you know whatever. And it's like it's just yeah, it's a completely fair question and. Obviously, you know, Mike Leach has, uh, you know, felt a certain way about Blanchett for some time because that that rant does not come out of nowhere. No. Nope. Right. So, yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, he's been fairly uh, drug around for that because it was just like, come on, it's it's a question. You're in a press conference. You're a highly paid football coach. Yep. Part of the reason you're paid so highly is because you're supposed to be able to do this shit. Like so Well, part of the reason why he got drugged so bad was because he did make reference to I make a lot more money than you, so go back to your shitty little life and yeah, that's exactly. usually not going to go over very well. Yeah. Like and you know, he's uh it, it was very uh um yeah, it was it's like uh it was it was a frustrating thing to listen to. And then and what's the most frustrating is that became the narrative about it and like we just had this like shit of like like you know on twitter and whatever it's just this like fucking like river of shit for like yeah, two it, days it's like god <laughs> that is the honestly the best way i've heard it described like it's just like oh i don't want to read about that like you know how twitter now just pools like if you missed if you just decide to take a break from twitter for uh you know 12 hours oh don't worry when you get on twitter it's gonna show you every fucking tweet you missed all 12 yeah. like for that whole 12 hours hey you gotta change you gotta change it to uh you gotta change it from home to latest tweets that's what you ah, but do. sometimes it works out like sometimes you're like okay cool there was this fun thing and i get that i missed it. but but not like, after the app, but okay. but on saturday it was just like oh yeah like i just terrible. know people that i like are just like tweeting the like just it's like take a break people are frustrated a, man i know They're and like, i don't blame I get it. Like, I, I get because it. like look this is the game that all the fucking people you work with are just gonna give you yeah. shit all year round they never it's unrelenting Dude, i'm shit. gonna walk into my classroom on monday morning and guaranteed 31 13 is gonna be sitting on my whiteboard it's gonna be and it's probably gonna be written in 13 other places in my classroom you know but I don't know. I mean, like, I can't even get get mad about it anymore. What I'm saying to them is, like, just stop. Like, just I've I've just like my personal self. I'm just like the Apple Cup as a fan. Like, I'm just over it. Like, I know what's going to happen. It's funny. I had one of my friends like in a group chat with some guys that live nationally, guys I've met professionally 
like we all like have met through the same working in the same field and stuff. And, you know, we've met at conferences and we've, you know, hung out at different times. But um, one of them was like on Saturday morning, I was like, has anyone checked on Craig? And so I was just basically like, I was like, you know what, man? Like I'm, I'm totally over that game. Like, it's like, I, I, I treat it like any other loss at this point. Like, uh, the, I mean the UCLA loss hurt a hell of a lot more than this one did. Yeah. Um, and so did the Arizona state loss and so did the Oregon loss. Like, but it's a, um, it's just, I'm just like, I, I what I told them is like, we basically look at it as an 11 game season. Now that one's an L like when we did our probabilities at the start of the year, 0%, both of us put 0% on that game <laughs> where we did it in the middle of the year, 0% on the game, 0%. So, but so, so yeah, so it's like I we viewed it, so I just try to enjoy the other eleven games because I know yeah. that one's gonna be shit. I I sent a picture of me after the Oregon State comeback, just like looking like a wreck of a human with a huge smile on my face, like and uh like this is why I looked like this after we beat Oregon State for bowl yeah. eligibility because I knew there was no fucking way we were winning the next game. We have to win this game. And so, like, when you're sitting there in the stands yep. and you're, like, at the Oregon State game and we're, it looks like we're going to lose, you're like, well, shit, we, uh, we blew this, blew it, blew it, blew the season. Yep. Um, but, no bowl game, no nothing. But we are going to a bowl game. Yes, we are, motherfuckers. We're going to an, I mean, this is the trade-off you make, right? Like, I mean, if this is the trade-off, if the trade-off is lose the Apple Cup every damn year because we can't crack this, you know, ridiculous code, and or go to a bowl game every year, right? Like, but really, like, like, but this really, is a, Mike this Leach, is a trade-off you make, right? Mike Leach, win a fucking Apple Cup so we don't have to have this trade-off I mean, yes. conversation every well, year, or or even better, let let's move the Apple Cup to week one then, or three oh or five how, or something. How, how much better would that make everything? Oh my god! Like rather than ending every year. With a with a you know just an embarrassing loss because like everyone right? like if we play UW and then play Oregon State the next week and win right and beat people, the hell out of people them. can and be over like, it they can be yeah but now oh. it's always you know in 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 the bad years you lose to UW and then that's it I mean look you don't there's but no now, there's no law that says you have to play your rival in the last week there isn't. Cal and Stanford played, you know, last week, um, you know, every other, you know, sport on the planet, professional sport, they don't, you don't play your rivals. Look, the premier league and soccer in Eng England, like, like I watched that, like they don't play their rivals at the end of the season. Like it just, it happens when it happens. Usually and, the good teams play trash teams. At the end yeah. Of the year. I mean, it's like, you know, I mean, it just, it doesn't have to happen this way. And I'm so fucking sick of ending the year and feeling like great, you know, like, like one of the nice things about this year with the, with the bowl game that we end up in, it's going to be one of the earlier games. So like, that's going to be great. Well, I mean, like, well, if it's the Vegas bowl, it will. Yeah. If it's a Vegas bowl, the it cactus is. I, I bowl guess, is not till the 27th. So. It, uh, but still it's, you know, it's not, it's not that bad. Anyway, it's just, it's like, you know, I maybe don't have to stew on it for quite as long, but it, you know, one of the experiences that we get at Kook center is when we write 
and we have to pick a photo, right? Like they always show. Oh, that's the fucking worst. Uh, the most recent game. Like oh my god, the snow year, ones last oh year. Oh my god, for a month last year, like I'm, I'm, I'd open up a story, start writing, and then I'd go to the photos, and of course, there's, you know, 25 photos of us getting our asses kicked in. The oh, snow. it's always for the Apple Cup. It's way uh, more than 25 too. The yeah, mo- the yeah. biggest picture sets that we have. Or, or like, or for the apple cup, yeah. And we just have to scroll on past them. I know because I refuse. I don't. I I hate using a picture from any game that we lost. No, usually, I won't use that shit. Yeah, like I, even like any game that we lost. So it's getting hard. It's harder this year. There's a lot more losses. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I, I'll say harder. the other side of that. My DVR, a lot more room this yeah, season. Yeah, that is true. Haven't had to save as many games because uh, yeah. I I delete those losses. As soon as they happen, like I'm, yeah. I don't need that. I don't but need seriously, that. Seriously, who do we have to petition to be like, let's move this game earlier in the year? Let's play in September, man. Like, who do we like? Who do we talk to? Like, is this like do we do we start some sort of like online petition? Do we, I like like I'm like I'm 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 85 percent serious. Well, I think it's funny. Like, uh, like why why does Fox want this in like like basically like a prime spot? a single all by itself spot on Friday. Yeah. Like as the only game to watch with Tim Brando and they know it's going to happen. It's just going to be a boring game. Cause all those Seattle people are going to tune in and they're going to be like, but look, listen, you and I know how many of our fans tune in. Oh yeah. It's way more. I mean, okay, because we so, know how many people tune in yeah, to our blog. Because we, that's exactly it. We know, like, we have a reasonable proxy for ratings because we see our traffic, right? Like, okay, so podcast, like our, you know, Apple Cup preview last week generated damn near three thousand downloads. Over three thousand. Like, yeah, I mean, most weeks we're lucky to get fifteen. If we get like fifteen hundred or eighteen hundred, we're feeling really good. Like to get 3000 is like, I mean, that's like off the charts, you know? And then we look at the traffic for everything else on the site. Like, like it's, it's, it's it's anything that has Apple cup in it. Anything with Apple cup in it is double what we normally do. So including the, when a a post from like April about the, or whenever the schedules were released, like about what day the Apple cup is going to be on. Like you can start seeing it like two weeks before the Apple cup. That starts popping up as one of the top pages. This is like some inside baseball stuff, but I swear to God, like people search for this stuff. They find our site like it's. Yeah. So WSU on on Friday was the third most traffic site on the or Coog Center was the third most traffic site on the SB Nation College Network. So above all the and normally we're like somewhere between like 20 and 30. And like that's pretty typical. And, uh, and and in many years, even when we've had a Saturday Apple Cup, when there's a lot of other games, we were the top blog like over and over again because people. I mean, obviously, it's an easily searchable name, so it's like just Apple Cup versus like two team names. But right. like, it's people go crazy for this game in the state of Washington, and uh, we just get crazy amount of traffic. So I bet, yeah, a ton of people watch it. I bet it has great ratings in the state and. Um, and I, uh, I wish, uh, once in a while we would, uh, show up. That would be cool. Better. Right. Yeah. <laughs> to win it occasionally. I don't know. It, like what, know. what would satisfy us? Like, like, let's just kind of like do a little thought exercise. Like, like one, one out of every 
three. Yeah, years? I was gonna say. Do you think one that would of, do it? One out of three, because that's roughly what the the historical, the overall historical. Yeah, yeah. The like, historical percentage. It's obviously getting worse and worse and worse. But it, it has historically been one out of three WSU. Right. I think one out of two would be nice. Like just to make it like, did you look at so that Wisconsin? Like two out of five. Two out of five would be good. Like forty percent. Win, win, win some in Pullman too. God. God. Um, like so I can feel good about going and watching in Pullman. And God when, when it's super cold and whatever. But uh, but but uh, yeah. So I was looking at you know that Wisconsin Minnesota rivalry headed into this weekend's game. 60 to 60 and then some ties and the overall score was like minnesota by like six points or something like all time that would be cool now that's a fucking rivalry <laughs> that is a rivalry right uh, like, uh, like but I also to, i hate to break it to all of our fans who are like it's a rivalry anything can happen i'm like no no, no. usually the other thing no happens. usually washington wins like i don't know what to I, I, like i don't know where your anything can happen stuff comes from but no <laughs> like oh, by the way on. i t- i tweeted this minnesota was ranked number eight with one loss yep uh they were playing their rival at home and it was snowing we knew what yep. was going to happen in that game exactly we saw this play out last year sorry pj yeah. Should have rowed the boat harder. Yeah, got to ride that boat. Row that boat. Did you see, by the way, did you, did you see one, when Wisconsin went? So they, they play for an axe. Right? Yeah, you go steal the... You go take the axe and then you row it. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. That was that was, that was was some high-level trolling right you, there. You set yourself up for that when you ride so hard into a silly... Absolutely. Uh, silly silly tagline for your program yep. that you even put on your helmets and everything. Yep. Absolutely. Well, you know, it's PJ Fleck is definitely committed to that brand. Do you think and, uh, uh what he'll was be it? committed to that brand at his next job too? Well yeah, what was it? Central or Western Michigan? Central Western Michigan? Central Michigan. Western Michigan. Are they still rowing the boat? I don't think they are. I don't think they are. Because they had they had that on all their branding. They did. Um, but yeah, uh, what else? Yeah. Bowl game, man. So I don't know. Bowl game is going to be great. Vegas or uh, cactus. It looks like. Yeah. Cheese it. Is that, isn't that what it's called now? The cheese it bowl. Yep. Cheese it bowl. And that's in, that's in Tempe, right? No, it's in Phoenix. No Phoenix. Yeah. So it's it's at, Oh, this is the one at the baseball stadium. Yep. It's at chase field. Oh my God. Dude. So I've actually been to that stadium. For football? for a for a Diamondbacks game. Oh, okay. And uh, I was down there visiting a friend. This is like fifteen years ago, maybe ten years ago. I don't know. It was a long time ago. My buddy Brady uh, went to a game there, and I was, I you know, so I, you you've obviously seen it on TV, right? They've got the they've got the uh, the swimming pool out in center field, right? right? All that. Right. Okay. Right. So it looks like a pretty okay stadium on TV. At least at least that that was the impression for me. I don't know if it is for you um it's it's kind of a dump (laughs) like like it is not it is not a nice place to watch a game it reminded me okay so this is going to sound kind of crazy it reminded me of the kingdom because it is a lot of concrete 
and it is a big it was box. Built, it was built in the, around the same time Safeco was. I, I know, it? and it, it's terrible. Like, it's a giant box, and it is. Uh, there's no charm to it whatsoever, even though it seems like there is because you're like, oh, look, they have a pool, right? Like, like the stuff you see on TV is just like a very small thing. Um, it's not a like, – like, the whole thing doesn't feel that way. The rest of it feels like a giant concrete box. And uh, so if you ever watch it on TV and you, you wonder like, okay, well, why aren't there more people there? That that's why, like, it's not, it's not a charming place um, at all. But, you know, as, as our friend Kyle Sherwood says, you know, you can go to Phoenix and visit Tempe and, you know, go to Mill Ave and, and enjoy yourself. And Phoenix is a nice, uh, a nice place to get to. So, you know, it, it, it you know, it could be worse. We're not going to the Sun Bowl, and not that the Sun Bowl is bad for the players, but it's definitely not good for fans. And so, going to Vegas or or Phoenix, either one of those is is definitely a, a step yeah. up. So. I think particularly if uh, so, basically, so uh, there's uh, seven uh, w, seven bowl slots for the Pac-12. Uh, WSU is seventh in line. Technically, they could be re- so, uh, because they only have one less conference win than um anyone else except the top three teams um they could be reached down by the red box bowl or the holiday bowl but that's that's not that is not happening so it's so basically if um and once you get past that once you get to the sun bowl they have to pick based on the order yep um so wsu is solidly the seventh team because they're the only three and six uh team um because all both the other three win teams won on Saturday, so yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, so yeah, um, they so basically if if base if there's two Pac-12 teams in the new New Year's Six, uh, meaning maybe if Utah gets to the national cha- or to the college playoff, and then then that slots Oregon in the Rose Bowl, then it moves the slots up. So the last slot would be the Vegas Bowl at the yep. sixth slot. So WSU would go to that. That's what um, we all want. Yeah. I mean, let's be real. I mean, that's tec- what everybody wants. Technically, I'm sure they could make some back deal. And Preston mentioned this, like maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe they get Arizona state to play in the cactus. Yeah. So Will Wilner mentioned instead. this, like you yeah. can, as long as the bulls agree to swap, then yeah. they can swap, which they but, might want to do, but, but Arizona state might not want. to. I can't recall that. that happening anytime yeah. in the recent past, but so, okay, um, here's the thing. So, like, I know, like, so there's a good chance well, okay, so if Memphis if Memphis wins the American championship over Cincinnati, who they just beat, then they'll stay ahead of Boise State, and then yep. they'll get the NY6. Right, because uh, the number group one group of five team goes to the New Year's Six. And so, but if Cincinnati wins, uh, there's a chance that Boise State is then the number one team, and they get the group of six. So in that case, it'd probably be Hawaii you'd play. But there's a good chance that the play Boise State, and I know a lot of Kook fans don't really want to do that because we play Boise State a lot because you're kind of afraid of Boise State, I guess. Ah, let's play Boise State. I know, because they're going to be I'm ranked. I'm okay with this. I mean, they're going to be ranked. I think it's Fuck fine. yeah. Like, I ain't scared of Boise. Also, so if you go to – so I kind of looked at what the Big the Big Ten is the team that you play in the Cheez-It Bowl. Um, it looks like it's probably going to be Indiana. Um <laughs> So, I don't know, man. I, the only the only thing that worries me about that is for uh, Kyle Sherwood's health. Well, he only cares about the basketball team; he doesn't care about the football. That's true. Um, but uh, so Indiana, it's funny. Uh, I know Boise State sounds uh, big and bad, 
uh, and scary or whatever. Um, Bring but, it. Uh, but Boise State in the uh, most recent SP Plus rankings is 33rd um, with the 53rd best defense and the 30th best offense. WCU is 25th. And then Indiana is actually 24th. Um, yep. Indiana is a hell of a season. Yeah. Uh, so they're only 8-4 and four and Boise State's 11-1. and one, But as we all know, Boise State does not play in the Big Ten. So, um, But seriously, though, like how great would it be? Okay, so, so you play Boise State. And, okay, if you lose, it's like, okay, that's a 12-win that's a you know, Boise State team. Or whatever. You go, ah, well, you know, Boise State, of course, beat the – you know, seventh place team in the Pac-12 or whatever, right? Yeah. What? But what, if yeah. but if you win it, this is like the opposite of playing a mid-major team during the non-conference schedule, right? Like where during the non-conference schedule, you go, okay, so the the Power Five team has everything to lose. The, this is the opposite of that, isn't it? Where it's yeah, like yeah. It, like Boise State's the We're team with everything to six. lose. Like they they're eleven. Yeah. And so they'd be twelve and like one they should win, right? Game. Yeah. They're the ranked team. They're the team with 11 wins. Yeah. Yeah. I, don't, I, don't play. I say bring it, dude. Let's go let's go beat Boise State, dude. It, I would it, if somehow oh, if somehow that would be delicious. If somehow Hawaii ended up in that game, it'd be a pretty fun game. That would watch. be super fun. <laughs> oh my god. Hawaii's 115th ranked uh SP plus defense. Yeah, that would be like that game would be like in the like both teams would be in the I I don't know what the over or under would be, but it would not be high enough. Like that, it just would not be high enough. Like that, the over under would have to be set at like, like ninety five, yeah. for me to even think like the under would be a possibility. Yep. So I mean, hell, the freaking Iron Bowl was uh, ni- 90, <laughs> 93 points. This <laughs> How about that? By the way, like, like so, Nick Saban being like. That was unfair. Oh my god! Because they put their punter. At they wide tricked receiver. us. They tricked us. It's so great. Inject oh, that man. shit into my veins, dude. I know. I'm serious, man. Like I want to get high off that. Yeah, just just give it to me, all of it. Nick Saban being like, eh. this is the same guy who was like, do we really want football to be a continuous sport? Eh. And I, by the way, who's running tempo I, offenses now? Listen, <laughs> I, I think Nick Saban is, you know, one of the, you know, top, you know, whatever, three, five, you know, college coaches of all time. Like, like I'm not, I'm not bagging on him as a coach. Like he is an amazing coach. Um, if you've never, by the way, anybody who's, you know, obviously if you're listening to this podcast, you listen to podcasts, um, you know, the James Miller, you know, origin stuff. He did a, an Alabama origins thing. It was great. Listen to that over the summer. It's awesome. If you've never listened to that, it, I really recommend it. Nick Saban's incredible. Like I'm not, I'm not downgrading him at all, but watching him be outfoxed <laughs> by his rival, Right. It's just like it's it's just too it's just too rich. When using awesome. using his attention to detail against Oh him. totally. Because Alabama oh my god, Alabama, like the attention to detail, they never fuck up. They never whatever. Like no, no. They fuck up just like everybody else. 
Like everybody's like, you know, Mike Leach really mismanages. Yeah. Someone this forgot and that. to tell the punter to get or the punt returner to get off the field. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's happened. like, oh, Mike Mike Leach mismanages, you know, whatever. And it's like, no, everybody's. Oh well, yeah, if you this. watch every game, like the timeouts oh, my are just God. a disaster. I, I think the people who complain about Mike Leach, you know, whatever his his timeouts, his clock man, whatever it is that they they complain, which about, we have done on this podcast, so. which we have done. But it's like, you know, those people, I think, in general, do not watch a lot of just college football because, like, everybody struggles with this. Everybody has problems with this. When you're dealing with players on on teams that are, you know, 22, 23 years old and younger, like, and you can only practice for so many hours a week and they've got classes to go do whatever, like, you're going to have, uh, you know, this stuff's going to happen. And it happened to Alabama, which is just Woo-hoo! lovely. Which it's is great, lovely. great for Utah, obviously. It, it is great for Utah. Um, I do worry, and, that, which is great for us by extension. So. Yeah, but I do, especially if you want to go to Vegas. Um, I do worry that the Big Twelve champion, either Baylor or Oklahoma, or Oklahoma or Baylor, could jump Utah by virtue of their win over the other team, or um, because yeah. Oregon, Oregon yeah. is only going to be ranked whatever, and yeah, Oregon really you know fucked up by losing to Arizona State. Yeah, well, I mean they know that more than anyone. Yeah, um, but uh, but yeah, I think it, it was funny. Um, I, I watched the the uh, Whittingham in the in the locker room afterwards. He's like I, he was like number one back to back Pac twelve South champs. Yeah. Number two, uh, seniors or whatever. And then number three, Alabama lost today. (laughs) (laughs) The the thing, you know, this is what's so weird about all this. Okay. Okay. So number one, are are we in agreement that the the playoff really should be six or eight teams? Yeah. I think, I think if you, I mean, let's start there. I, yeah, I think, I mean, obviously there's the argument that, um, some of these semifinal games have been like not good. And so maybe there is like just a couple really good teams every year, but um, yeah, the, I, I think what what's happening now is we're seeing um, there uh, we've already established the conferences that everyone believes to be the best, and they're kind of getting the benefit of the doubt every year when it comes sure. to the rankings. So like we had three SEC teams in the top five, um, and we you kind of have to root for them to lose and, and all this stuff. Um, so I don't know, like it's, yeah, maybe But if, I wrote about if, this last year, right? Yeah. Like, like it, like it comes down to where you were ranked preseason, right? Which is so incredibly stupid. And it's like, Oh, well look, you know, Georgia has this many quality wins, even though they lost to South Carolina. And it's like, well, you know why they have quality wins? Because those teams started the year ranked in the top 25, like, that's why, you know, and it's like, okay, so you look at the SEC and, oh, you know, oh, well, they've only got, you know, they've, they've beaten this team or that team. It's like, well, these teams are pumping up their wins. You know, they're pumping up their records against teams like, you know, Vanderbilt and freaking Missouri. And I mean, it's like those teams are not good. And yet, you know, they're, they're winning. And so they're, you know, and they only play eight conference games. You know, and they play one of their non-conference games late in the season, you know, gaming the system against the, you know, the top 25. I mean, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's, it's sort of silly. And, you know, if, if there's going to be these sorts of inequities in terms of 
scheduling and, and, and the other things, you know, I, I really think going to six or eight teams is really the only sort of logical solution. I do think six makes a lot of sense in this, in, in the sense that that does give number one and number two, who are teams that people have, you know, basically decided are, are really superior anyway. It does give them, you know, you would have a buy. They don't have to, you know, they don't have to face a team in the first round, you know, whatever. I, I'm fine with eight also. I've sort of advocated for eight. You figure, okay, so if, you know, conference champs get in, you know, the number one team is going to play the weakest of those. So, you know, so maybe, you know, last year with, uh, you know, the Pac-12 champ, you know, Washington, right, getting in there, they're, they're pre- they were pretty weak last year. Okay, so, you know, the number one team, I think I think number one last year was Clemson, right? Right. Yep. Um, you know, Clemson's going to play Washington. Okay, they're going to destroy Washington. You know, so they they play a pretty weak team. So uh, whatever it is, I think the fact that we're trying to decide, okay, is Utah better than Oklahoma or better than Georgia or whatever or Alabama? It's like I, I just I don't like the fact that they're trying to decide that based off of you know quality wins, which is really what it's going to come down to when quality wins are really almost entirely decided on who we thought were going to be good before the season started. Well, yeah. And you look at if there's other measurements, like say like the SP plus measurement, like, uh, Utah, which of course the, the committee does not look at. Yeah. I mean, they might, they might a little bit, I don't know, but, uh, but, uh, but (laughs) like, doubt it, but USC, Utah beat WSU who does not look good by the committee, but like WSU is 25th in that. Right. And, then, and they're, but they're like teams like, you know, sometimes it lines up like USC is 22 and they're pretty much the same. Oregon looks way worse in SP plus than, but they'll probably end up around the same spot after they lose to Utah. They'll be, they're in 19 right now on SP plus and they probably won't move that much because SP plus doesn't factor in wins or losses at all. Um, but like Utah is not going to get much credit for winning at Washington. And Washington is the number sixteen team in SP plus, right? And so that was proud. That was a tough win. Yeah, but, but they're because not gonna, they're seven and five. But because they're seven and five, it doesn't look that good because they went and lost to Colorado. And right, they, but that's you know. the magic of the SEC, right? Where it's like, okay, so your wins look really, really good because you beat, you know, some team that's eight and four or nine and three. But you've got these, you know, shitty teams at the bottom. Of course, the Pac-12 gets like like they get shit on because they've got a whole bunch of teams that are six and six, seven and five. Right. You know, or and five. So and none seven, of the wins look good. right. None of the wins, none of the wins look, good. look good. They'd be better off having Oregon State be terrible and Arizona be not not just bad, but like like worse than bad, you know, or you like, like they'd be better off having all of these, like the bottom of the team, the bottom of the conference being horrible. And then, you know, the top of the conference beating up on those teams. Like it just doesn't make any sense to me that that's, that, that's sort of how we do things. But of course that is how college football does things. And so you get the situation we got now and the situation we got, you know, screwed by last year when it came to the new year's six and, well, yeah, and another another you're ever another another that. another thing that screws the Pac-12 is that they only have one locked-in um, bowl tie-in for the New Year Six, and right. a lot of a lot of the other big conferences have like big, big Twelve, SEC, uh, Big Ten have multiple, yeah. and so that's why if if the Utah does not win, 
you would think they'd be a prime at 11 and 2 would be think. a prime near 6 but if you look at it there's not a lot of slots because the loser of the Big 12 game is going to the Sugar Bowl uh the only slot is the Cotton Bowl like there's a potential for the Cotton Bowl and that's the only one where they could but then they would have to be picked for the Cotton Bowl over Alabama well, and, it, and it all comes down to the ranking yeah right and it does like yeah. it's it's not a it's not a situation where so you know, Utah maybe, would maybe have the to... Cotton Bowl goes. Oh, we like Utah more than we like Alabama. So it's if Alabama is yeah. ranked ahead of them in the college football playoff, which, which seems they probably very will likely, be. yeah, right. Then Alabama gets picked. That's why that the the really only that's I'm thinking like I I I was looking at today and I see it's it's very it's a long shot that if Oregon beats Utah that they'll still be in the New Year's Six. As dumber yeah, that that is unlikely. because as good as Utah is. It, they end up in the Alamo Bowl is going to be kind of dumb, but um, they're going to crush whatever Big 12 team they play in the Alamo Bowl if they did, that ends up being. But I think they'll beat Oregon, and and hopefully that earns them a spot in the playoff because I'd love to see that defense go against Ohio State. Um, I think that'd I be a fun. I, I think it'd be a fun game. I'd like to see Tyler Huntley play against Ohio State's defense. Like I think that'd be a fun. Yep. that'd be a fun matchup. Um, but hopefully, uh, I mean Oklahoma, whatever that might be fun too but i don't know let's let's see some new blood in there <laughs> um yeah. but i am worried that the college football playoff is going to do their circular logic um where they're like well they beat this team that we ranked this position so it must be good like <laughs> yeah. they um because yeah I mean, it's, all it's, utah has done is beat the shit out of everyone yeah except usc who is but like that was loaded. like in week five and, or and, whatever and that, it was like it's was also, forever ago it's usc who is uh loaded as loaded talent wise as like anyone in the country and is also a top, what, top i mean they're gonna be a top 20 or, team yeah, right, this right. week yeah i mean that's that's not a bad team you know like that's a good team it's yeah it's it's frustrating and the, really, the only way – the longer this goes on, the more I believe the only way to solve it is to have more teams in the playoff. And and I've I've sort of felt from the very beginning that eight was probably the the best number. You know, you take the – you know, the Power Five conference champs, you take the number one group of five team, and then you take two at-larges. Call it good. Yep. You know, and, and that seems – you know, that sort of – that gives everybody – that gives every team in the power five a chance to get in. Right. And then that also includes a group of five. And then it also makes sure that you've got two at larges for, you know, whatever your sec fetish and you can include, you know, Georgia or whoever, or, you know, whatever team is or Alabama, right. Whatever team is not in, you know, doesn't play its way in that you think is really good you know, can get in and, and do its thing. And, and I think that makes that makes the most sense. I really do. And, you know, I know there are some people that think, oh, well, top four because the top two always win or, or whatever. And, you know, okay, fine. You know, I mean, I, I kind of understand that. But as long as we're going to have four, it, you know, if, the, if you're sitting there going, does, you know, Utah belong in? Does Alabama belong in? Does Oklahoma or Baylor belong in, right? I mean, you know, let's let's assume Utah wins, and then obviously either Oklahoma or Baylor is going to win their championship game. Okay, fine. Like one of those teams is going to get left out, right? Right. 
you know, it's either going to be Utah or Oklahoma slash Baylor or Alabama. I, I tend to think that Alabama's going to get left out if Utah wins and, you know, whoever wins the Big 12. I think it's going to come down to either Utah or Oklahoma slash Baylor. Okay, fine. But one of those teams is going to get left out. And how do you decide, right? Like, okay, well, they would say, oh, well, Oklahoma has more. Let's let's say Oklahoma beats Baylor. Okay, Oklahoma has more quality wins. Well, Two wins over Baylor. Right. I mean, it's two <laughs> wins over Baylor. You know, do, do you look at, you know, Utah and say, well, you know, they get penalized for playing in a conference where there's a lot of parity and also – uh, you know, do you take away the fact that they've just beat the hell out of everyone? Right? Like, like, like they haven't played a game that was close since the game against Washington. And Washington only looks that close because Washington scored a touchdown late. Yep. Like that game wasn't close. Right? So Utah has just basically beat the hell out of everyone since that USC game. You know, and their offense isn't And before a, the USC. Right. Like, so their offense isn't a 50-point a game offense like but their defense can i think stand up to anyone's so you know why not take that anyway you know why not take that into account and if if we're really arguing between oklahoma slash baylor and utah then then really the system is is messed up and you know the the teams i'm not in favor of a 16 or 32 team or whatever fcs type deal is going on. I'm not in favor of that at all, but I am in favor of eliminating these ideas that, okay, we've got to decide between, you know, Oklahoma slash Baylor and Utah. Like one of those teams is going to get left out, you know, and, and I'm not opposed to the idea that Alabama belongs in there too. Okay, fine. But you know, like we need to create a situation where each of these teams has a spot. And I'm again, I'm not about having, you know, a million teams, but you know, if we're if we're saying we can make the distinction between Alabama and Utah and Oklahoma slash Baylor, I don't think you can. And I think it's stupid to think that you, that you can somehow in some sort of like intellectually honest way make a distinction between those teams. It just doesn't make any sense. And, and that's where, you know, perhaps it needs to change a little bit. Yes. Um, so. It is after midnight now. <laughs> we were we were gonna we were like this. we're gonna keep this to an hour. Oh man, uh, we so we can't. We like talking about this stuff too much. Yeah, yep. So yeah, but I, yeah, I, I think especially that's, when I've had an eleven and a half percent beer. Yep. at the end of the night. There you go. Um, <laughs> so I think that on that note, uh, as we know, Jeff wants a sixty-four team. Uh, <laughs> FBS tournament. Yeah, let everyone in. WSU should get their shot. 128. We want Bama. Let's go. We want Bama. We want Bama. Um, but yeah, so I think that's a good place to to wrap this thing up. As <laughs> good a place as any. Watch soccer on Friday. Watch volleyball. Hell on Friday. yeah! Let's go. Go Vegas Let's Bowl. Beat those Tar Heels. Root for that. Root for the Vegas Bowl. Root for probably Baylor to win. Root for. Uh, Utah to win. Yes. Baylor win would be good. Utah, Utah win, win be... by two or more touchdowns would be good. Yep. Um, if you want that Vegas Bowl. 
Um, otherwise, we we'll, we'll all be, want that Vegas Bowl. We're going, Let's we're going honest. bowling anyway, so that's pretty cool. It is cool. Um, I remember many a season when we did not do that. Um, God, isn't this great? Like, like really? Yeah. Like this is really good. I mean, come on. It's pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. good. Uh, all right, so. Um, yeah, like, subscribe, uh, whatever, rate five stars. five stars. Do it. Do it. Um, yeah, and uh, go kooks. Go kooks, Craig. <laughs>